Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 1.10 p.m. here in Crystal Lake, Illinois. It's time for another live stream. Sorry, I'm running a little bit late today, but I had to drop my wife off at the airport and I ended up getting back a little bit later than I had planned, so I apologize for running late. But we still got a really fun live stream planned for today. I got a package from Solomon. At least that's who I think it's from. Uh, and if it's what I think it is, it should be a pretty interesting shoe something a little bit on the peculiar side, I think. Uh, but before we get to that, let's say hi to everyone listening on the podcast on the audio only version. Hopefully you guys are out there having a good run in the cold. I ran out in the cold today, uh, did one loop around my favorite kind of loop in the area four and a half miles at eight degrees Fahrenheit. It was chilly, but it was fun. Uh, it was good to get out there again. My legs are still feeling it from the half marathon over the weekend, but uh, I was able to have a safe run. And I hope that's what you guys are having too, if you're listening to this while you're out there on the run. And all you LBNLs later, but not lives, welcome to you guys as well. Hopefully you're enjoying this while underneath the comfort of some blankets maybe, because it's still really cold. I feel like we got some warm weather maybe coming to Chicago or like seasonable weather, but for most of you guys, I think it's still really cold out there. So stay warm, everybody. All right uh let's go and see who we have here in the chat everybody thank you for your patience and waiting i know i was running late today um but it's uh let's see we got james in here he says yo what's going on congratulations on everyone's winter running successes that's nice i like that um sentiment james this is a really nice picture that james has here too is that a nice little like uh sunset sunrise probably based on the colors maybe looks nice um and Let's see, Luis is here, he says, yo, what's going on? About to enter into a meeting, so maybe I'll catch you guys later. Oh, sorry, I missed you. And let's see, mm, Sean Devlin said, I ran, hey everyone, ran seven on mostly ice, the cold's here and sticking with us for a bit. That's a bummer. So today when I ran, um, I ran in the Solomon Sense Ride 5. Yeah, I tried to think about it for a second. And thinking, you know what? my neighborhood we live in a little subdivision and the city hasn't taken over the snow street plowing yet it's still like controlled by the developer and the developer's still doing it and so roads are pretty slick everywhere else is fine but i figured where i normally run it's pretty secluded there aren't usually a lot of cars there's a there's a chicken farm and i usually see more chickens on my run than i see cars to give you an idea uh, so I wrote ran some trail shoes on the roads for today, and I probably would have been fine in any other road shoe because the roads were really well cleared. So I was lucky I did not have to run on ice today, but I was prepared for it. You know, I was ready. But, you know, maybe another day. Um, those damn motos says, hello, Kofuzi. I have the Adidas Pro 3. I have a half marathon coming up, but oddly, I prefer running in my Adidas Sen 8. Would it be an adequate shoe for that distance? I never ran 10 or more in them. I think it's fine if you like them. You know what I mean? It's not for everyone. Um, I've talked to some Adidas product people and they're kind of split. Some people like to run their half marathons in them. Some people will think it's a little bit too far to go in that. So it depends on how much cushion you want uh, for your half marathon. I think that I could probably do it. I think by the end, my feet might be a little bit uh, beat up. Uh, I feel like that I might get some additional fatigue from the shoe for me personally at the half marathon distance, but I think the shoe itself can certainly handle it. I think of it as more of a, well, the 10 I think is a little bit more 10K oriented 
than the nine and eight. But the nine and eight, I think that you could take a, or a half marathon. That's what I think. Uh, all right, let's keep scrolling, scrolling down. Uh, and Sleeve Singer said, "No running shoe question sound." Yeah, you know, I know. I gotta, I gotta. I forgot to ask Daniel to make me a, like a video bumper. I feel like it should flash or something on the screen when we have running shoe questions. I think that'd be fun. Uh, Matt Byer wants to know, Code, do you have an affiliate code for Gooder? I've been considering getting a pair of snow goggles for runs. Um, I do not have an affiliate code for Gooder. Um, but I'm trying to think who normally has one. I feel like Lindsay Hine normally has an, a Gooder affiliate code. So that would be a good person to go just kind of go peruse her website, see if maybe she has something over there. Um, I don't know who else would have a Gooder. Is, does, is Philly Bowden have a Gooder? Uh, affiliate code maybe she does i might look over there too uh if not i feel like ali feller would have one because she runs in gooders a lot too doesn't she i don't know um but i ran in the snow goggles and they worked out pretty well for me um i like them a lot i kind of wish i had the clear shape because they have the interchangeable visor lenses i have dark black and i have yellow i kind of wish i had a clear one uh, but the yellow worked out fine for me. Um, and the thing that I don't like about the shield glasses that they have, you know, those, the ones that look like triathlete sunglasses, the curvature is too sharp for my wide face. Uh, that same too sharp curvature exists on the snow goggles as well, but it works out because there's plenty of padding, so it doesn't hurt my face, but it creates a little bit less of an airtight seal right on my bridge of my nose like bridge of my nose and further down and so actually it allows a even more ventilated air to come through and that helped keep everything from fogging up so towards the end of my run i did have a little bit of fog in there but i felt like it did really well in eight degrees fahrenheit real the feels like temperature was negative nine so i was hot by the end of my run so that's a good sign um uh, mark peterson wants to know do we know when the more version 5 is coming i do not know uh, oh sean devlin says for gooder my friday ha also has a uh gooder coat so i would go check out some of those friends um all right all right shannon's oh sharon shannon's got one already F free flam shipping 2023 is free shipping for gooders oh there you go and Andrew Scott says, you probably need to be careful about your peripheral vision. Yeah, I would think so. And running in any ski goggle. Also, my uh, the, my kind of like ski goggle wearing temperature jacket is a snowboarder's uh, parka. And it is snow camo, snow camo pattern because I love white camo. And um, I realized that like that's really bad for visibility on a snow covered street. So I maybe need to rethink that. Um, but yeah, the peripheral vision definitely going to be impacted. Um, all right. Uh, Adam points out that, you know, uh, a lot of local running stores have gooders, though they don't have the goggles. I wonder, I wonder... I wonder, well, I, maybe I shall, I'll, maybe I'll ask Gooder, like how many of the running stores actually pick those up? Or is like Gooder going to start trying to expand to other categories? Is there a lot of skiers that 
maybe don't run, but are like, oh, these are great for skiing. You just throw them in your in your bag, throw them in your parka, whatever. I don't what I don't I don't know that how to I don't know the names of things that snowboarders wear. But you know. Hmm. Mm. Uh, Terry Furlong says, if it's negative nine degrees Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit, just say nope. <laughs> uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, I got to the point of the run, about, maybe about three and a half miles in, three miles in, where like I had uh, my non-elite winter hat, which by the way, if you haven't bought one yet, uh, I just got an email or like the blast email. No, I didn't get an email, but the blast email from Path Project says that there's left in, less than 50 left. Um, so go get one if you still want one for the winter. Um, but I had that hat on. I had a neck gaiter covering my mouth and then the ski goggles. So I was like, no skin showing anywhere, um, which is kind of what I feel like you need to do in temperatures is cold. But after about three miles, I was so warm that I would either run with the goggles up for a little bit or I put the goggles on and run with the, the face uh, covering down. Um, and I was able to do, but like my ski parka also has like a really big neck collar thing. So I could kind of turtle shell it and hide a little bit. So I felt like I was great, um, even at eight degrees Fahrenheit. And that's the warmest day it's been this week. My kids actually went to school. Um, here's the other weird thing. So today it was it was cold enough that even though the kids had school, um, my I was going to do this for both my kids. They take the bus at two different times because one's in junior high and one's in elementary school. But my older daughter ended up uh, one of her friends, um, their dad, who lives in the subdivision. They live in the subdivision. Was going to take all the neighborhood kids to school, or some of you know the friends, and so I didn't have to do that for my older daughter, but for my younger daughter. I drove to the bus stop, which is just down the street, um, and let my daughter wait um, in a heated car, you know, which feels kind of wasteful. But I also, I could, because I, I could have just driven her to school at that point. But I feel like there's a lot of congestion in the drop off line and stuff, and they kind of discourage people from doing that. So I was like, I'll just wait. She can get on the bus. But anyway, we're at the corner, um, you know, kind of parked in front of someone's house waiting. And I look over. And one of my neighbors, their front door is wide open. And I'm like, that's weird. Uh, maybe someone like forgot something, went back in. They didn't quite close the door. But they'll, they'll be back out any minute. And I'm sure they'll close it. You know, remember, it's like five degrees Fahrenheit at that point in the morning. And we're waiting. And the bus is taking longer because the roads are all icy or kind of snowy still. So the bus is a little bit late. And uh, after about 10 minutes of waiting... You know, we get out because the bus is here and I'm talking to some of the neighbors. I'm like, hey, anyone know the neighbor that lives over there? One of the neighbors does, like his, her spouse works with that, one of the parents at that house and stuff like that. And they're like, well, we'll text them, let them know what's going on. I'm like, I'm just going to go over there and uh, I'll just close the door. I'll yell inside, make sure no one's hurt or something, you know? But, uh, and then my, my one of my other neighbors like, don't worry, Mike, you got, you got your alibi. We know what's going on. I'm like, yeah, I just don't want anyone to think I'm poking around in somebody's house. And my, I was texting this to my wife and I'm like, ah, there's like three minorities that live in this neighborhood. They're going to send the one, one of the minorities to go in there and poke around someone else's house, a stranger they don't know. 
but I did. And it was, I think it was fine. I think what happened is, you know, someone tried to bolt the door and it didn't quite catch and then the door opened. But I rang, they have like a video doorbell. So I rang the video doorbell. No one answered, but I talked into it in case they're listening. I'm like, I live down the street. My address is blah, blah, blah. Your door's open. I yelled inside, make sure no one was hurt or anything. And then I closed the door. But I had to unbolt it to close it. And there's no way for me to bolt it. But at least your door's not wide open. So, yeah. It was weird. It was a weird way to start the day. That's the second time I've had a neighbor with a door wide open. And I'm like, this is the beginning of a Law & Order episode. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Aaron's basement says, hey, who here grew up as latchkey kids? <laughs> Yeah. Sean Devlin says, was there a dead body? No, but I was worried. That happened to me once to our neighbor when we lived in the condo. And we were sure because we hadn't heard our neighbor for like four or five days. And then the next day, the door was wide open. I had my wife go in there because the neighbor was a woman. And I'm like, I don't know what, just in case you should go in there and not me. But it was fine. She just wasn't home. And I don't know how the door got open. I don't remember how the door got open. I'll have to ask my wife that story. But anyway, yeah, but yeah, Sean Dillon's like, I can't wait for the cops to interrupt the live stream. Oh, yeah. And, I was just, and now they're locked out of their house. I hope not. It's too cold to be locked out of your house. But I was worried. I was worried. I was like, oh, man, if that door stays open, they're going to have raccoons living in their house by the end of the day if they leave it like that, you know? <laughs> uh, and Daniel Burton says, my neighbor always leaves her garage door open. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing to leave the garage door open. I've, and I've accidentally left our garage door open overnight. Don't tell my wife. That would freak her out. But I've done that because uh, sometimes, like, uh, something will trip the laser, you know, like something will tip over, like a shovel or a kid's bike or something like that. And then I won't notice it until I'm already inside the house because I just tap the button and I walk inside. But um, so we've done that before. But I've never had just the front. I've, I don't think I've ever had just the front door open. So it was, it was weird. That was weird. Callan Hong says, you can lure runners with an open door, the smell of bagels, and sound of his runners weekend playing. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, Steve McKellar says, uh, the running channel and nobody asked us boast about 1 million podcast downloads recently. Do you know your numbers? Um, I have no idea on the numbers. Um, uh, and it's a question that I asked at, um, so, you know, I'm part of the relay podcast. There's like eight or nine of us that are over there. I actually don't know the number. I should probably know the number, but there's a handful of us that are over there and we have a variety of different kinds of programming and, um, we have a group chat and I was like, guys, I keep seeing all these 1 million downloads. And I'm like, is that a lot? I don't know. Cause YouTube numbers and podcast numbers are very different. YouTube numbers and Instagram numbers are really different. And that's really different from TikTok numbers and really different from like threads or, or, or X numbers, you know? And so I'm like, I don't know if that's a lot. And so Lindsay Hine was like, it depends on how long the podcast has been around. If it's been around a long time, a million might not be a lot. But if it's not been around that long, a million is a lot. So I don't know. I don't know how many downloads I have. Um, and I don't really keep count. I wouldn't even know where to look to get that number, to be honest with you. Every once in a while, I get an email saying that like, we've cracked the top 100 running podcasts or we haven't. And I think it's because 
for a long time, I wasn't posting to Spotify. And now the service that I use, even though I told it not to, is posting again to Spotify. So I think that's changing the, the numbers a little bit. I don't know. Mm. All right. Everyone says, are all the live stream members eyewitnesses now for what happened? You're not eyewitnesses, but and you're not even alibis because I just told you where I was and what was happening. But at least there's a not a contemporaneous, but like, there there is one contemporaneous statement. I told all the neighbors what I was doing. But then, you know, now I'm telling you guys too. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Hong says, like, Crystal Lake PD versus the BAA. <laughs> I'm more afraid of the BAA, probably. Uh, yeah. Daniel uh, Koo says, what marathons are you trying to run this year? Uh, I'm trying to run London and I'm trying to run Berlin. Uh, other than that, I'm not sure. I'm interested in both uh, Valencia and Dallas for this December. That would be fascinating to do. I think they're the same weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but those are the two that I'd like, if I ran them, I'd want to run them, try to run them fast. You know, those are the two. All right, Schumann fan said, what's in the box? All right, let's get to it. This is a box from Solomon. And um, depending on who you follow on Instagram, you've probably already seen it, if it's what I think it is. I. Yes, it is from Solomon, and I believe it is a trail shoe. Today we have the Solomon Genesis. So let's take a look at this thing. I think there's an S-Lab Genesis already. Um, this is just the Genesis. Um, this is a pretty heavy shoe. I think this color work is really nice. Black, black yellow and this like kind of tan foam feels nice to me but it's got like this big like kind of like stability guide rail thing going on and normally i would say i don't want to review a shoe like that um because these kinds of things always make the shoe feel harder and i don't like stability stuff but since it is a trail shoe look at these lugs on the bottom maybe it could work on a terrain where my ankles are sliding all over the place and the terrain is really soft and mushy like if I'm running in the trails in the snow out here, maybe that would work. I don't really know much about the shoe other than the stability aspects of it. At this point, it's definitely contagrip on the outside. This lug pattern looks really nice and grippy. And then I don't know, is this energy foam on the inside? I'm not sure. I'll have to do a little bit of digging and research. Um, the one thing that Solomon Faithful will appreciate is there's the ortholite liner which is i think in almost all solomon shoes and then there is the quick lacing system with the lace garage thing i gotta tell you though i personally am not a big fan of the lace garage system i appreciate that it's a fast tying mechanism but i just i always fight i have to fight it so hard and then that one time when i was on a trip with solomon people they teased me a lot that I didn't want to use a lace garage to the point where someone like grabbed my shoes and put the things in my, while I, they were on my feet, they put the thing in the lace garage. And like, see how much better that is? And I was like, I'm not sure. I'm like, sure, 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 it's better. But I'm like, I'm not sure really. 
And I tried it. I did run with the laces in the lace garage today for the, my winter run this morning. And it was fine. It was fine. I do like, I like the Solomon shoes that don't have the speed lace things. But yeah. Uh, the upper is not waterproof. I can kind of see through it here. Let's see how breathable it is. Moderately breathable. Uh, but it feels like it's like a ripstop material. Very scratchy. So I feel like it's going to be uh, good for running through brush. Not going to have any problems with uh, durability there. And then this whole like extra foam and plastic thing is called Solomon's Active Chassis. Chassis. If you're from the UK. Chassis. Or French, I guess. So there's that. Um, when we get on the trails and some snow, that'll be a good one. Um, yeah. Hmm. And, all right. Uh, Shuman fan says, will you have a shakeout run for Tiger Claw? I, I haven't thought about that yet. I'm not sure whether to do it like in because i'll probably fly into seattle right that's is that i haven't i have really not thought that far ahead uh i'm not sure whether to do just a general shakeout run in seattle or do one where tiger claw is i guess let me know your guys thoughts on it uh eric says wait is coco going to tiger claw? i do have a bib ethan sent me one so it's we've been talking about it for a long time since he announced it the first year. I was like, oh, I wish I could go, but I got these nieces and nephews. They keep graduating from stuff. So like the first two years, nieces and nephew graduations. Last year, the weekend of Tiger Claw, I went to two graduations, a high school and a college graduation on the same weekend. So it's just it's always just a lot. Um, next year, this year I I told my wife like, all right, year three. I'm gonna go. She's like, fine. I'm like, there's not any graduations, is there? And originally the answer was no, so I was in the clear. But then one of my nieces is graduating early, apparently. But she's gonna go to get a graduate degree, so I'll go to her master's graduation, I guess. <laughs> um, Frank says, do you make any money from a podcast download? I don't think so. Uh, not that I'm aware of. Not on, uh, I think that, well, yeah, not not directly. Um, the way that you make, it, it's kind of, for me, it's like, I see it as like Instagram. Um, I mean, maybe Spotify does to get like the really big accounts to do exclusives. But as far as I know, it's basically like uh, even, um, anchor that i use will uh build in like if you have a big following then they might pitch you uh ad reads that you could do if you wanted and you get revenue that way but it's not the same as youtube so mm, sue wants to know who else is going to tiger claw yeah i will i will i will be there mm. And Terry Furlong says, Valencia, my youngest son and I are thinking of doing it. Oh, I'll have to see. I'll have to see. That's far down the calendar, though. 
And Run Tommy wants to know how much concrete is in Dallas. When I was visiting there a few years ago, my knees were dead after two days on all the concrete. You know what? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. But you know who else? Um, what other race has a lot of concrete? Not just pave. I mean, they're all pavement road road marathons, but like concrete, which is harder on your body. L.A. has a lot of concrete. This is also just a tough course on the way. Mm. Martha wants to know, what's the difference with the S-Lab shoes? I always hear that, but don't pay attention to Solomon since I don't do trails. S-Lab is kind of like uh, out of zero. It's over there more premier racing. Usually it means race-oriented product. Um, but with trail shoes, race-oriented product can mean different things depending on you know, distance and types of terrain, but that I, that's generally what the S-Lab means. Um, and then uh, when there's like an S-Lab version of something and a regular version of something, um, it doesn't mean like they're necessary. Well, I guess it could mean that they're training companions and racing shoes, you know, kind of that way. But it's more like the S-Lab Genesis would be the race version. And then the Genesis is like the trickle-down version. Well, like we've taken the learnings from that shoe and we're putting it in a more... What's the word that people use now? Democratic, a more democratic shoe. You know, that's kind of how, how it works. Yeah, Calvin agrees, says, S-Lab is their version of Adizero, aka their high, higher performance shoes. Sean Devlin says he loves the lacing system, the lace garage of the uh, Solomon. Yeah, I, some people love it. I just don't love it. <laughs> um... See, Adam wants to know if I've run with boa lacing. I have. I've run with it in the um, Speedland shoes, and it's really nice. I really like it in the Speedland because there's double boas and they're reverse boas too. So that way, if you want to like loosen it a click, you can do that. Normal boas, you have to like pop it open and fully release it, and then just retighten it again and just tighten it less. But with the double boas or the the reverse boas you can go backwards so that's really nice like if it's a longer run and your feet are starting to swell or like if it's you know something more technical is coming and you want it tighter you can easily just click click and it's really nice i also have boa enclosures on my bike shoes my clips clip-in shoes whatever those are called you know um uh, <laughs> shannon says lace garage i feel like it needs an anatomical name kind of like the uh, throat or uh tongue of the shoe i i feel like uh lace garage like throat could be a really nice name <laughs> that makes sense to me the lace garage just call it the throat i know that there is a throat on the shoe i'm actually not sure what part of the shoe is the throat i know what the tongue is of course but not the throat but i think let's just call it start calling it the throat or the belly the the i mean yeah, there's no other places really that are pockets on the human body anyway, but I don't know. All right, I'm going to scroll down and catch up with you guys on the chat. Uh... Nate Crail says, what's your favorite? Boa versus Solomon's quick laces versus normal laces. I just like normal laces. Um, after that, I do like boas sometimes. Um, and then, uh, Solomon quick lace third, just because I don't know where to put the extra, the extra material and the lace garage doesn't do it for me. 
you know? So that's kind of where I'm at. I like the concept of the Solomon. It's just that in the last, the nine, it's nine tenths perfect. That last tenth, I just don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> Sean Devlin says we should call the lace garage the lace bee hole. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Scott says the the top the tapper. Frank says the ribs. No, no. <laughs> all these make as much sense as tongue, but also don't really work for me anyway. <laughs> uh, Field Buyer says this is a combo on the Believe in the Run pod a few weeks ago. Oh, did they really? I don't remember that one. I must have missed that one. Hmm. Yeah, Bo, Adam said, and this is the thing. Adam says, like, the boas add extra weight. They're okay for biking. That's the, the main thing. Hmm. Oh, Fuel by Air says, a lace cage? Lace cage works. I mean, I actually don't mind the term lace garage. I just don't like Solomon's lace garage. It's at the top of the tongue. I don't like it. Do you remember there was an Asics shoe that had a lace garage? It was the original Tribuco Max. It was an absolute disaster. And then the following year, um, when they showed me the Tribuco Max 2, the first thing that they told me about it, even though it had been upgraded to FF Blast Plus, the stack height had even increased a little bit more, the upper materials had changed, like everything had changed about the shoe the shoe the first thing that they said was like we fixed the lace garage it doesn't have it anymore don't worry <laughs> so yeah and i was like that 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 is the correct lead and then ff blast plus you know mm. fuel buyer says you know the less syllables the better and easier to catch on garage is too long lol that's true that is, that is long um, yeah. <laughs> Coast Lace Garage keeps tripping the laser sensor and opening up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, and Martha says, you know what? At this point, only a few of us have been long here long enough to remember the Tribuco winning the ugliest shoe contest. <laughs> that shoe was a disaster. Um, and I asked Asics, I was like, I don't know. This shoe might be so ugly it works. Do you? I was like, do you think you want me to test it? And they're like, mm. I'm like I don't know that you're gonna want to test it. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. James says, uh, I still have that Tribuco and don't mind the garage, but it's not great. <laughs> uh, Olafur Jens. Olafson says, you got to call it lace space, obviously. I like lace space. Lace space. Maddie Mac, you guys are getting into the alliteration now. Lace locker. Lace locker sounds nice. I like it. Lace layer. It doesn't roll off the tongue, Martha, but I like the alliteration that we got going on here, guys. It's good. Mm. Terry says, lace garage is good in theory, but mine would have an old bike and a load of stuff I haven't gotten around to recycling yet in it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, um, we have a, we have a big garage and, um, it's embarrassingly big kind of, and there's so much space in it that there's no organization. And so everything is just kind of piled on one side. And so I'm like, we don't need the organization cause there's plenty of room for stuff, but it's also like, 
I suppose, I mean, we're in the Midwest. We should be making room to sit in it, I guess. Um, but we can't because there's like bikes strewn all, bikes and scooters and sleds and stuff like that strewn all over the place. Um, so we do need to get rid of some of the bikes because everyone's grown. The kids won't stop growing. And so like now there's a couple of bikes that no one even, everyone's grown out of. So I don't know. Mm, I don't know what to do about all that stuff. Like, I don't want to, like, hang the bikes because then the kids won't be able to reach them and I want them to be able to reach them easier. Um, and then, like, you know, I think I need to get some more shelves and stuff because, like, in the wintertime, I need the snowblower to be out. But I don't need the grass seed spreader or the lawnmower to be out, you know? So, like, maybe I could put them on shelves and out of the way somehow or just give myself some more space. And we do also, like Terry, I have a lot of stuff that I need to get rid of, like a little water table thing, like a play area that we used to have for the kids when they were like, when my younger daughter was in, like in preschool. So, yeah. Mm. Calvin says, the kids' bikes are either hung up or strewn on the front lawn. No in between. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, Adam says, what shoe was Nagetich wearing at Valencia 10K? I, I thought everyone was thinking she was running the Takumi Sen 9. That's what I thought the consensus was. Are we talking about the same person? The woman that broke the 10K record? Mm. Sean Devlin says, I love this. Sean says, my side of the garage became a gym during the pandemic, and I still use it daily, but my wife keeps storing stuff there, and it's shrinking. <laughs> Uh, you got, you got to, you got to, you got to back in there, reclaim it. You know, you be like, well, I got all my stuff. I got my kettlebells. I got to, you know. I've been thinking about getting a, a set of uh, what are those boxes called? They're just boxes, and you jump on them. I've been thinking about getting a set of those. I think for my next marathon build, I would like to do plyometrics. Um, and so whether I do them at home, I. I think I could do them. The basement here has a relatively tall ceiling. It's a more a more modern basement. So like I think I could I don't think I would if I stick my arms up, of course I'd hit the ceiling. But if I just jump, I think I could jump do jumping exercises down here. But if I'm doing box jumps, then I would probably hit my head. So I gotta I gotta I gotta think of something. You know. Adam says they're plyo boxes. Calvin says plyometric boxes. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Eric says, I just use the stairs. Yeah, I know, but then the stairs, they kick out, you know? And so, like, if you're jumping, I feel like then it, you, the 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 distance is not right, right? I don't know. Mm. Daniel Burton says, SJD is really into jumping on a box. I feel like I need to be more, I feel like I'm a little flat. I'd like to be a little bit more explosive, and I just feel like... Uh, some plyos are in order. I need some pop is what I'm looking for. You know, Calvin says, it reminds me of the Japanese guy on Insta who jumps really high and hits his head on the ceiling in his apartment. I, I am obsessed with that account and so are a lot of people. The guy has like 300 or 400,000 followers on Instagram. It's amazing um, the amount he jumps. And I'm just wondering like, how do you think he figured out he knows he's good at that? You know? I don't know. I always thought he started doing it during the pandemic, but like, Given his skill, I feel like he's been a jumper his whole life, you know? 
TV76 says high jump masters. I don't know. I really do feel like uh, I would like to find a track. I think I need to find a track club. I would like to compete in some field events on the masters level. Um, I just, what was, I, what was I looking at? Oh, I was looking at a uh, an indoor track meet, a masters track meet. Um, and it's early, uh, but on the USATF website, once you enter, um, your seed times and everything like that are published. So you can go see who else has entered. Um, and I just happened to be perusing the men's pole vault. And like the 50 to 55-year-old category, the jump was 10 feet, which I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know if the 50 to 55-year-old age group, there was no one else in any other age group entered yet. I'm like, oh, I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. But then I'm like, I'm not going to build a pole vault pit in my backyard. Um, so I need to find, and I know that like at the USATF track meets, they'll let you borrow their poles to, to vault. But I still would want to practice, you know? So like, so I don't know. Um, I'm wondering if any one of the, maybe there's like a, maybe one of the, there's a couple of really strong D2 colleges out here in the suburbs. Well, they're not here. They're further south uh, than me, but they're wet from the western suburbs. And I'm wondering if any of them have, like, uh, a track club to like, join. So I'll have, to, I'll have to dig around a little bit. Yeah, Shannon says, U of I is having indoors late February. That's open. I'm going to cheer teammates. wonder if there was a heat you could run. Well, that's the one I was looking at. Um, well, I don't, know if, I don't know if it's at U of I. I assumed it kind of was, but it's sometime in February. I have it written down somewhere, but it's the Midwest regional masters. It's in February. The closer one to me would be nationals, which I'm pretty sure I could just sign up for and go without like qualifying, but that would, that's, but it's at a weird time. It's like in March. And at that point I want to be deep into marathon training. So, uh, yeah. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to that one. Shannon, let me, I'll send all messages. See if that's when you're going to, because then if you're if people I know are going, then someone can maybe film the video, film the race for me, because I don't think I would high jump or or pole vault, but not right now. Um, but I'm intrigued with the idea of trying to run a fast-ish mile. Uh, and I know it would be indoor on a 200 meter track, but uh, just to set a baseline, since I haven't raced a mile in like. Well, I did the mile, uh, the Freedom Mile, uh, 4th of July, but I did that. That was in Mammoth Lakes at 8,000 feet. Well, it started at 8,000 feet. It ended at like 7,400. 7, so it was a big drop, but that doesn't really count. I think I ran like a 540 that day, maybe, maybe slower. I don't know. Mar yeah, Shannon says it's February 24th. I think, that's, I think we're talking about the same meet. Yeah, and Adam says the Masters is March 21st to 24th in Chicago. Um, and that'd be really close to any of the spring marathons I want to I run. So I don't know. I don't know. That'd be fun. Uh, Stevie says, watch out for Fiona. I bet you, I wonder if she's there. I got to reach out and try to find Fiona. Um, I think it'd be fun. I think it would be fun to, to interview her. Um... Joey Otto wants to know, um, uh, I'm going to try any longer trail races or ultras in 2024. I think the uh, Tiger Claw is going to be the longest race that I do in 2024. 
Um, unless I hop into something over the summer, that's a possibility. Um, there is one idea that I have that I, I will keep under wraps if I, cause I want it to be more of a surprise if I can pull it off. But, um, but yeah, um, and I don't think it's going to happen cause I'm not really pushing for it. Um, but yeah, I'll do, I'm going to do, I'm planning on doing tiger call. So basically as soon as like, hopefully I'm running London, as soon as that's done, then it'll just be like, all right, get into the trails for like a couple of weeks before that, that race starts. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have to even check. I might not even have any time to do any real training and just have to recover and hope for the best. Um, uh, Richard Dyson says, uh, running my first indoor mile at UW Dempsey indoor in Seattle next week. Very excited. Might look into getting my first track cleats for an edge, but all I know about our road shoes, ha ha. Same, same. Um, yeah, I think that like I'll probably just run in whatever spikes I have in the closet, which are like a three-year-old pair of Adidas Avanti spikes, which don't, I don't even think they have light strike in them. I don't know what, it's just like a generic foam. Uh, I also have the CLO MDs, which are middle distance spikes, but they're, they're aggressive and for me to run a mile in them i just feel like oh five minutes i'm I, i'm probably just gonna run in the saucony sinisters maybe the old the original sc pacer you know mm, all right and this will be the last one for today um because i gotta get going i gotta i'm gonna get interviewed today um uh, and that's at two o'clock um, Brett McIntyre says, when looking into your closet at the wall of shoes, do you ever grab older your model shoes that you can't stop using rather than new 2023 or 2024 shoes? I wish I did, but I don't. And the main reason for that is because I want to put miles in all the shoes that I'm testing. And so like, if I've already reviewed the shoe and I still like it, then I'll keep running in it to get to hopefully 100 miles. Uh, and then I'll do a long-term review. And then once that's done, it goes to the other side of the wall where it's pretty much done unless I have a very specific reason to, to run in it again. And so I don't really get too much of a chance to visit old shoes again, even if I really, really like them. Uh, yeah. Eric Fancy says, you know, spikes are a young man's game. I know they're, uh, you pay for it. You pay for the speed, especially for me. Like, I feel like I pull a hamstring every time I, I run in spikes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, Calvin says, "Isn't the MD made for the eight hundred of the mile it, for the eight hundreds, Mike?" Yeah, uh, and the mile. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's made for the eight hundred. And so, um, for me to try, for me at my level to try to run a mile in it is pushing it. You know what I mean? So, um, and Adam says, "I was going to suggest the sinister. I think that that might be the perfect use case for that shoe." So, we'll see. I'm, I'm leaning towards it now. It was either that or I was going to try to find a, a place to grow. We're on a 5k somewhere, but I mean, it's, we're in the middle of winter here. So like running fast is hard. Um, and I don't really want to do a lot of extra traveling cause I think hopefully it'll be a big travel year. So I'm trying to, but my, we are going to go visit my in-laws where they're spending the winter and it's warm there. So maybe, Maybe that could be a place to see if there's a 5K over the weekend, you know? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, and I did look at the Carlsbad 5000. I know that they updated the course, um, and it looks fun, but 
that one is like early April or end of March. And that's also going to be really close to when I want to be in like marathon shape. So I don't know that I want to travel to do a 5k one year, one year. We'll figure out, we'll figure out when we could do that Carlsbad 5,000, but not this year, I guess. All right. Um, that's going to be it for today, guys. Tomorrow I'll have my race recap up, um, from the Houston half marathon. Uh, so that'll be up tomorrow. And in the meantime, uh, some of you guys have already mentioned it, but Andy, FOD runner, I don't, I don't think Andy is Andy here today. FOD runner did a uh, breakdown of my final eight weeks before Tokyo. And I thought that was a really fun kind of recap. For me, it was a lot of fun memories. Um, and so that was a nice uh, review. Um, you'll see a lot of familiar looking workouts in there, or you'll see one familiar looking workout in there about nine times. Uh, um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun uh, to take a look at. And that was a, that was a really good video. So if you're uh, looking for some more nerding out over workouts and training plans, that's a good one to check out. All right. Um, and then after that video, go, my video, the race recap video for Houston goes up. I'll see you guys here on the live stream. Same time as today, 1 p.m. Central time. So I'll see you guys again. Be safe and warm out there, everybody. Thanks.